What is up, Internet? Welcome to the Randy King Live podcast, episode 25. Thanks everybody for joining us. So as you know, there was a bit of a hiatus between our last show and this show due to the fact that uh, my entire house burned down, including my studio that I produced this show in. So we decided to get back going here. I have uh, with me Joe Saunders from the Managing Violence Podcast. We have a great debate built up for you. I just want to say thank you to everybody that stuck around, especially to the patrons who stuck around and didn't jump off my Patreon when I wasn't producing the normal volume of content that you're used to. As you can see, my house is very sparing. I'm actually with a webcam with Sony headphones on a box where my couch is in. That is what I'm basing this on right now. And I'm sitting in a beanbag chair. But the content's important. I really love this show. I wanted to get it out there. So we're back on track. I have three interviews set up this week. So expect regular episodes of the show coming out every Monday as before, as you expected. Uh, and you will see my studio upgrade, hopefully, every episode as Amazon delivers. So welcoming to the show for the first time, we have Joe Saunders. Joe, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Cool. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Joe Saunders. I'm based in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I'm the host of the Managing Violence podcast, which uh, you can see my nice branded merch right there. Uh, I, so I host the Managing Violence podcast. My profession is I'm a violence management consultant. I work with predominantly uh, corporations and government departments about managing customer aggression and workplace violence. Uh, I have a long history in the martial arts. I'm a Krav Maga instructor, I'm a Senshido instructor. Um, I'm also a uh, former international rep in judo and a couple other combat uh, grappling martial arts. So that, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, I uh, wrote a book on my days bouncing in nightclubs and uh, that's, that's it. I'm sure we'll get into other stuff as we go. If you, if you want to know more, listen to the Talking to Savages episode I did with, uh, I did with Randy and Ryan. Exactly. I was going to say, so we've been talking to Savages. I've been on your show. We're just uh, we're just collaborating and growing and sharing, trying to build the markets up. So it's going really well. All right. If this is the, your first time coming to the show, because maybe you know who Joe is and you have no idea who the hell I am, I need to explain the premise of the show really quickly. This is a debate-based podcast, not an argument-based podcast. So what I mean by that is Joe and I decided ahead of time on a topic we're going to debate that topic, not with our personal feelings or ethics or values. We're going to debate it just to try and win our side of the topic. These are not the beliefs of us. These are not the way that things work. In fact, as we talked about in this topic earlier, and as you'll hear on the final thoughts, only available on Patreon, $5 level, uh, this, this, I'm actually right now arguing my counter normal point to this, which is the side that Joe has. So the arguments or the debate rather we're going to have today is going to be that is the physical part of self-defense the least important? Joe, what side of the debate are you taking? I am taking the, the affirmative that the physical side of self-defense is the least important component. Correct. And I am, so that automatically makes me take the opposite side where I will be debating that the physical side of self-defense is the most important, which is interesting and how a lot of the world sees this. So there's some rules on this show, very simply. Number one is we start the show as friends, we leave the show as friends. The point of the Randy King Live podcast is to show that people can have differing opinions and still have a conversation. We can still talk and we can still be friends, even though we're not going to be just uh, making everybody happy. What I found on the internet is people either A, agree with you and it's an echo chamber or B, they hate you and nobody listens. And so I'm trying to break that mold by having these open debates with experts from around the world. 
The a second rule of the show is there will be no logic fallacies allowed to be used in the show. There are 15 logic fallacies that I sent ahead of time to my uh, guest. If you would like to know what those fallacies are, jump onto the Randy King Live episode one, where I go over all of the fallacies and the format of the show a lot deeper. If one of us, myself or my guest, Joe, is caught in a fallacy, we have to, and the other person calls it, we have to take a deep breath, <sighs> apologize for using the fallacy, Joe, I'm sorry I used the slippery slope fallacy in my argument. And then we have to secede our turn to the guests so they can speak again. So we lose our turn and we have to apologize, taking a page out of Rory Miller's ConCom book. We're going to actual apology and then allowing the other person to chat. Listeners, if you catch us in a fallacy that we didn't catch because we're so busy being in the debate, I don't have my little whiteboard of fallacies beside me yet, uh, Feel free to send me uh, the clip of the show or where in the show you discovered it, and I will pay for my crime and push-ups. My guest does not. I will. And also, I will promote whatever you want me to promote while I'm doing those push-ups. So if you have a product or whatever you feel like doing and you find a fallacy, shoot it to me, and I will help promote whatever you're trying to get out there. We greatly appreciate the people listening, and listener interaction is very important. Also, in the comments below of wherever you're uh, getting this or direct message me, Please tell me your favorite part of the show or your biggest takeaway. It's always interesting to me to find what people take away. So, Joe, we're, uh, the debate is, is the physical part of self-defense is the blank part. You're taking it's the least important part. I'm taking it's the most important part. Joe, we're going to start the debate now if you're ready. Absolutely. Awesome. So starting now, you have up to four minutes to do your opening statement. Go. Okay, so the physical component of self-defense being the, the physical combative side uh, of learning how to actually fight is the least important component. And uh, there's, there's four main reasons that I believe that to be the case. The first is that we, in, in all areas of life, we tend to accept that prevention is better than a cure. Now, that can, can be considered to be not, not appropriate in this context, but at the end of the day, if we can prevent violence from happening, if we can prevent ourselves getting into dangerous situations, if we can prevent uh, situations from escalating, then we don't need to learn how to fight at all. And in fact, the majority of people, if you ask them how many physical fights they've been in as an adult, that number will be either zero or very, very small. If you ask them how many tense conversations they've been in as an adult, that number will be quite high, and which, which goes to show that one element being verbal de-escalation is quite important because any one of those tense conversations, if handled incorrectly, could potentially end up in violence. Hence, being able to prevent that from escalating is, uh, is, is much more important than being able to physically fight your way out of that situation. Secondly, uh, the legal consequences of physical violence. So it's very unlikely that you are going to end up in legal trouble for avoiding a situation or for disengaging from a situation or for de-escalating a situation. However, if you, even if you successfully defend yourself, even if you are completely justified in your use of force, even if you did everything correct, it doesn't mean your life won't be dragged through the gutter for four years while you're waiting, awaiting trial, while you are potentially having to pay criminal compensation, so not criminal compensation, uh, civil compensation, uh, and, uh, and while you're having to defend your position on something that yeah, you, you may have been well within your rights to do. However, you are very unlikely to encounter those, um, those, those uh, impacts if you prevent or uh, de-escalate a situation before it turns physical. Thirdly, the practicality issue. Most people do not have time to become physically competent in martial arts. 
it is much easier to teach someone the basic strategies of personal safety to keep themselves away from violence and to teach them concepts about empathy and emotional mapping and assertive communication that makes them less likely to be victims and also makes them less likely to be an asshole <laughs> and, and to, to instigate a problem. Uh, I can do that in a day. If I want to teach someone how to physically fight, that is going to be probably several months of training at least. And that's assuming they have a natural aptitude and they have physical capability to do it. Therefore, from a practicality point of view, I can do much more good to keep someone safe by teaching them the pre-contact elements of violence than I can teach them the post-contact physical side. Okay, so uh, and my fourth point is about physical fitness. So two, uh, two arms to this. If someone is not physically fit or they are physically disabled or, or incapacitated in some way, whether they be elderly, whether they have a, a disability of, of some way, that may preclude them from being able to learn physical self-defense. So an 80-year-old grandmother doesn't need to concern herself with how to check a tie kick. She needs to know how to avoid dangerous situations, how to identify con men, how to, how to not let someone into her apartment or into her unit complex or whatever it is. She doesn't need to learn how to fight. Um, and secondly, if you are going to be involved in a physical confrontation, knowing how to actually fight is less important than being physically fit and strong. If you, uh, if you are just in good shape, you will find that you know, human beings have defended themselves for millennia without any karate, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we physically defend ourselves for millennia because we are capable and strong and fit. So I believe that anyone who has basic level of physical fitness can defend themselves without training, provided they have the right mindset and, uh, and, and all the pre-contact elements squared away. So that's my, that's my four point argument. Awesome. Well, let's break each one of these points down for my quick counter argument and we'll go into open debate. So number one, uh, prevention is better than cure. I agree 100% with that. Uh, and again, I'm debating my topic, not my belief structure. Uh, it doesn't, that doesn't matter though. You could eat kale all day and still get cancer. So if you do, eventually you can have, there is no perfect situational awareness and there is no perfect read of people. If the thing decides to go south, it's going to go south. So it's better to start at the worst case scenario and work your way backwards than it is to start at the best case scenario and work your way forwards. What you're pitching right now is best case scenario. We have time, space, verbal cues. We have the ability to identify a threat as opposed to the person just ambushing us. Second, legal consequences. For the legal consequences, I agree it's, it's bad, but as we know, and they've read a lot of work, if you're a good person making good decisions, the odds of you having bad ramifications aren't very likely. If you're picking fights and you're being a jerk and you're the one instigating, that looks bad. But if it's a true self-defense situation and you do everything you can in that situation to physically stop it, you're probably going to land on the right side of the law, only probably. Uh, practicality. Practicality is very hard to debate. Um, you said, and you said in the in your opening statement that you could show people in a day uh, all the stuff that they need to know, but if they don't practice reps just like any other training, that day of training might not be effective. So while, yes, it only takes a day to disseminate the information, it's still going to take work and reps and training in order to under duress, under stressful situation. So while they'll have it educationally, they may not have it in a real world situation. Last one is fitness. Uh, fitness for sure. I just wrote little notes every time you're talking. So fitness, uh, I agree with that. Um, if you are physically fit, you're going to be in you're in a lot better shape. And I use a I use a model that I'm working with with a guy named John Bullock on explaining this. We'll talk about in the final thoughts. But uh, 
fitness isn't a factor when it comes to predatory violence because they're going to select you only if they think they can beat you. And a lot of your starting argument was based very off of a social violence model when predators just tend to attack. Joe. Okay. Uh, look, I, I would counter some of that just with the overarching statement that it's always better to train for probability than possibility. Sure. Uh, and at the end of the day, if we can deal with the situations we're most likely to find ourselves in, and mm -hmm. the most violence that visits people, uh, average people, is social. It's 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 uh, uh well okay I'll, I'll say this is this is going to be it's going to be different from demographic to demographic. I would say uh, what's your definition of average? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, demographics yeah. do change. Yep, keep yes, going. Demographics do change. I think if we if we deal with the probability issues and we we talk about it's probably actually worth defining what the pre-contact uh, elements are that I, that I'm referring to. Sure. So we're talking about everything from the way you carry yourself. So the so your your posture, your uh, your sense of purpose, your your confidence, and part of that is your physical fitness because it makes you less likely to be targeted uh, as as a victim by predators because you look like a harder target as you mentioned. I yeah. consider that part of the pre-contact elements of of self-defense. Um, right. Also, situational awareness: how aware of your surroundings are you? Do you, do you have you got your face buried in your phone with with uh, your headphones in? which makes you a more attractive target. These, again, are pre-contact elements of self-defense. Sure. Um, how easily can you be goaded into a confrontation or how easily can you identify when someone is trying to manipulate you or con you or trying to, or trying to control your behavior verbally? Because right. uh, as we know, a lot of predators will use verbal uh, conversation to uh, se secure a, a, an unsafe environment or to move you to a, to a place where you are more vulnerable or to an otherwise um, you're using re reciprocity or force teaming or any of those other concepts to be able to manipulate you in a position where you feel like you need to give permission for something you otherwise wouldn't. So again, that is pre-contact self-defense, being able to recognize those signs. And so, yes, while my initial statements were about asocial, sorry, uh, um, social violence, yeah. it does apply to asocial violence as well in terms of predatory violence. Sure. Okay, so I agree with that. But also, every... The saying we like to use a lot is every hunter hunts different. So while you're you're giving a very a blanket statement that you being in physically good shape will make you less likely to be selected, unless the person's trying to build a rep off you, then that makes you more likely to be selected. So then again, having the ability to physically stop something. And so I use this for my bouncing career, right? When I first started bouncing, I was uh, too friendly and I got beat up a lot. And then when I started becoming rougher and, and able to fight, the, the, the low-level predators left me alone but it signaled the other lions in the jungle that maybe I was coming for some turf. So yes, and I'm jumping back to the social side of things now uh, because I I've never debated this side of this argument before. So I'm jumping to the social side of things. Um, when, when uh, if, you, if people are looking to build a reputation or people are looking to prove a point or if there's some kind of uh, message to be said, then, then having all of this blanket statement type uh, physicality isn't necessarily a benefit. It could be more of a hindrance. Mm, interesting. I, I would suggest that not being a bouncer is one of the pre-contact elements of self-defense. Mm -hmm. I agree, <laughs> I, but if you're if you're the biggest guy in the gym dropping 600-pound deadlifts and some punk wants to make a name off you in front of his friends, he's going to jump you in the parking lot when you're tired, your ATP is spent, and you're exhausted after your max lift, right? Hunt, humans hunt. We don't really fight. Mm, I still, I still believe that even even predators that are trying to make a name will try to make an efficient name over someone who they don't think is going to kick their ass. Right, so. and again, and again, right. So we, 
we tend to have this view of predators as like this weak, less than junkie, but not all predators are like that, right? No, There's some people that could true. take down that person. Yeah, that's true. I, and I, and I think uh, and, uh, without without getting into the jumping ahead to the final thoughts by any stretch, but, sure. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it, it's it's important to frame this conversation. That we said that physical be able to physically fight is the least important. It's not unimportant. I agree. But it's and the so, least important. And I agree. So my point is it might be the most important because predators only select prey they think they can beat. And mm -hmm. so you need to fight once you've been selected because they've already selected you. They're, they're not going to care if you act tough or walk properly. They've selected you because they know, they, they in their head, whether correct or incorrect, believe you're the person they could take. And so when it does inevitably go physical, you need to learn that physical skill set. Sure. But if you, uh, if you don't prioritize your pre-contact skill sets, are you inviting a different class of predator and now you're worried about both the both the type that you're talking about and also the type that I'm talking about because you're mm -hmm. completely situationally unaware and you're an asshole who instigates situations because you don't understand uh, how to how to manage conflict. So, Correct. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, well, I, I can't just go ahead. Sorry. No, you go on. Oh, well, I can't disagree with that. That's not my point in the debate. So uh, I, have to, <laughs> I have to have her like this. So I think what I'm saying is like the, the, the only way this works in my head for this debate is I'm saying. The choice that happens, so you need to have a physical skill. Get the hell out of that. Yeah, I, and I, I don't disagree that, that in some situations you may need the physical skills to get out of that. Well, I would say though that the more the more pre-contact skills you have, the earlier you'll recognize those, those situations and you'll be able to get out of them without with using a lower level of force. Right. Uh, so I think like using a model for Roy Miller, who gets mentioned in the show a hell of a lot, mostly because he's my mentor and helps him with everything. Uh, the, 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 the model he's currently using is predators use two types of attacks, blitz and charm. I think pre-attack cues stop charm. They do not stop blitz. Like if, if you don't know you're being selected, the predator is very good at hunting. You're not going to see that stuff coming. So if they really truly want to harm you, not intimidate you, not, uh, not scare you, not transport you, if they really just want to harm you right now, they're going to go physical super fast, faster than most people could think. And I think having a response tree to that is more important than hoping that person makes a mistake and we see them coming. Yeah, that's fair. I think with the the blitz predator, it's it's a it's a very different thing to prepare for because right. realistically, as you say, I mean, a, a blitz predator the first time people realize they they are being uh, <laughs> prey is is after they've been hit. Uh, that's, right. That's, that's that's often the case. Um, I would still argue there is an element of making yourself a less attractive target for that blitz predator because they're not typically, it's not like they're, they're a hitman who's choosing you for a social grudge, for example, right? It's, it, they're, they're picking uh, uh, the, the right target and they're going to wait for the right target to come by. It may be because you present an attractive target because, well, it, it may be just because of you know, your valuables or if there's a robbery motivation. Or it could just be like you say, you're you're a big, imposing-looking guy who's going to build their rep if they can take you out, even if it is knocking you out from behind when you didn't even know you're in a fight, uh, which is possible. However, I would say that with the with the pre-contact elements as well, if you happen to be with friends, you happen to be not walking to, walking through bad areas, you are aware of scanning your environment, of of being aware that there are, there are people loitering, uh, watching everyone that walks past. 
I'd go across the street and go the other way, uh, or I'd have friends with me that are going to watch my back. That hopefully we can uh, we can avoid being selected in the first place. Right. Sorry, Joe. I'm just, I have to use natural light for the first time, and it's starting to blind me. So I'm just going <laughs> to slightly slightly shift. Keep but keep going. Yeah. So no. And again, uh, when we get to final thoughts, I, we're gonna, shockingly we're going to agree as you are. Like I said, I'm Canadian. You and you are Australian. Me. But. Uh, I think like this is this is the premise a lot of people work from, right? And this is an, an issue in the industry, maybe, but I don't know if they're incorrect. Where it preparing, uh, Joe Rogan said it right. Like if you want to learn how to take out killers, you have to train what killers train. And so if we're looking at this from predicated uh, from if we're looking and again, we can't say normal because there's so many different things, right? And I don't want to use the word privilege, but we're both big white dudes in first world countries. So uh, the, the idea of what the violence spectrum is, is important, but some people are just getting knocked around instantaneously with no provocation because of things they can't control, their gender, their orientation, their, their look. And so the people, especially these more vulnerable sectors, if they're living in a place where it's vulnerable, they need the physical skill training first because they're not going to be able to de-escalate their way out of it. They're not going to be able to do it because they've been selected to prove a point, whether they're a resource or they're entertainment for the night, they need to stop this thing from happening. So physical skill set dominance is important. And also, if you're learning just, and this is me speaking against my own business debate format, if you're learning just, just the, the pre-attack indicators, that almost is like a talisman mentality of, well, now that I've learned this stuff, I'm going to be okay. I don't need to do the physical skills. And now I said, we're not going independently, but if we prioritize physical skills less and you present it that way, then the client is also going to think the physical skills are least important and that'll be the first thing they don't do. I would I would argue the same same applies in the opposite way. I've seen the talisman sure. mentality apply to uh, let's say yeah, look I, I worked with a guy who was a uh, uh, state champion in Muay Thai. He was yeah. fantastic in the ring and a complete obnoxious dick, and he ended up getting stabbed. So the Weird. reason God <laughs> <laughs> he had a talisman mentality that didn't matter what he did, how he talked to people, or what he paid attention to, he could handle himself because he was very very good at knocking people out. Uh, and unfortunately, that didn't help him when uh, the other guy was prepared to put a knife in his lung. So sure. that uh, I think the talisman mentality applies both ways when someone thinks that all self-defense is physical. Um, right. I would also I'd also argue that while there are some populations, especially globally, where violence is extreme and it will visit them with, without warning, there are still elements of the pre-contact, in, such as if we talk about something like home invasions, where yeah, if it's uh, yeah, three o'clock in the morning and someone is bursting through your door, your situational awareness is zero, you're in code white, you uh, are literally going to be woken from a daze into a life or death struggle. I would argue there's a pre-contact element of home security. Uh, sure. there is a, there's an element of having, a, having plans in place, of knowing how to, how to get to your family and evacuate the building quickly without having to engage in a, in a fight. Uh, mm-hmm. I would also argue that the physical, focusing on the physical elements uh, always assumes that you are going to have the physical ability to survive. And if you have multiple people that are armed, uh, good luck. Um, yeah. I think that focusing on the physical elements assumes that it is a somewhat even fight or that you, you are able to develop a skill set or a physicality that is uh, powerful enough that you'll be able to defend yourself against that situation. And it's just not always going to be the case. Um, if we're talking about uh, third world countries where we, we have rampant extreme violence, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck, multiple people with machetes and, and firearms that are that are, that are coming yeah. to you because you have the wrong religion. Uh, I don't right. really care how many Krav Maga classes you've done. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I think. 
think using your same so as you turn Talzma on me, I will turn this around on you because this is fun. Uh, I think though, like again, with situations where you're predicated that people have the ability to be situationally aware of what if the person is drugged and sleepy? What if they've been drinking? What if they're tired? What if they're eight shift at work? Right? There's there's this on both ends of the spectrum. So I'm also arguing against myself right now, but there's this implied. Uh, thing in the self-defense world that you're always going to be in kind of this like peak performance zone if you pay attention and that's just not the case so we just moved i've been drinking a little bit more than normal i have not been 100 percent in a, in a new neighborhood right so while i do teach and do this uh the physical skill set if 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 my faculties fail me because i'm living my life as a human being and not trying to be in a tactical hula hoop having the physical skill set would be very important when it does go down on the times where I am tired or I have been inebriated in some fashion. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, and I, I use what I call a defense in depth model, which I, I stole straight, straight away from the, yeah, from the private security or the, the protective security, physical security world. So well, de defense in depth is basically, you need to have layers like, a, like an onion of different levels of, of awareness. So if well, I am, for example, if I'm drinking and I'm at yeah. home, I make sure my doors are locked, right? Yeah. I, I, I put another layer of control in place. Uh, and as we go further down that food chain of, um, of, I guess, priority and effectiveness of controls, one of those controls will eventually be, do I know how to defend myself? Do I have access to improvised weapons, et cetera, et cetera. So that will be one of the controls I have at the bottom end. However, there are many layers of control before I get to that point. That, and I know if I'm compromising one layer of control, let's say, for example, uh, just this past weekend, I had my kid's birthday party on, which means my doors were unlocked because I want a guest to be able to come in. Yep. I'm more situationally aware. I'm, I know exactly who I'm expecting. I know what they look like. Um, and yeah, look, we've got a lot of people around. It's, it's another layer of control. And it's midday on a Sunday. It's unlikely <laughs> we're going to be, we're gonna be right. an invasion. But uh, again, layers of control. Awesome. So that is the end of the free podcast, everybody. Joe, that was excellent. In the Patreon, I want to talk about this layers of control thing. This is a very interesting topic. Um, so number one, thank you for being on the show. That was super fun. This was a great debate. I always love taking the opposite side because as you'll hear on Final Thoughts, I know not all of you are on there. You should be. Uh, we, me and Joe agree on this very similarly. So uh, that was a very interesting topic. Joe, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Absolutely. So uh there's a couple of a uh, couple of links I'll give you. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm on all the social medias, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm trying to be more active on LinkedIn because I'm trying to grow the corporate side of my business. So if you're on hey. there, please uh, please send me a, a shout out. Um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I am officially on Twitter, but I don't do much there. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on YouTube as well. So check out the channel and uh, under Managing Violence. Uh, and uh, the podcast, Managing Violence Podcast. My website is www.joesaunders.com.au. If you're interested in what I do in the, in the corporate sector, it is www.risk2solution.com. So awesome. that's uh, Risk2 Solution. Now, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. You can find me on all the platforms there. If you're interested in anything, give me a yell. I'll, I'll send you anywhere else you need to go. Awesome. All right, Joe. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, everybody who listened to the show. Thank you for all the people who stayed on the show, even though we had a two-week break, which was not going to happen. Uh, we try to get to those as fast as possible. If you're watching this on video, you can see there's literally nothing in my house. I have a webcam and microphones just so I can talk to you and get this show out. Uh, super fun debate, Joe. Everybody check out his stuff. He was on Talking to Savages. I was on Managing Violence. He's on this. You'll hear more from me and Joe, I think, in the future. We're planning. We were talking about maybe doing some stuff. We don't know. But expect to see lots more Joe at least.